Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. We know that we dealt with these challenges in the right way and with integrity. And in the moment, that can be really hard, but ultimately... Everybody will be better off for it. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners, viewers, and book clubbers. I'm here again today with Joe Fairless for another edition of the Best Ever Book Club here in October. This month, we read The Asset Mindset by Daniel Fielding. And if you're joining us on LinkedIn today, make sure that you check the comments for the link to sign up for the book club and to get the link to join us here on Riverside and get involved in the conversation. And while we wait for a few more people to trickle in here, jump in the comments or jump in the Q&A and let us know where you're calling in from today, where you're joining us from. And also let us know what your biggest takeaway from this book was, the thing that stood out to you most or something that you would like Joe and I to touch on today. Joe, how have you been? Oh, good. And yeah, looking forward to having this conversation. The book was really philosophical and focused on, well, surprise, surprise mindset versus specific tactics. There are some tactics that we'll talk about that the author mentioned, and I think that could be helpful. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. And yeah, I'd love to see in the comments, Annette, hello. Also, I love the party people reference. I always say party people. Also, so I, I respect that. Annette's coming from San Antonio, Texas. Nice and looking forward to it. Annette, what's your outcome for today's conversation? What's one thing that if it's accomplished, it will be successful for you? And for anyone else as you're joining, would love to hear that from you too. What's one outcome if it's accomplished, it will make this and a good use of your time? Because ultimately this is about how we invest our time and attention as we learned about in 10x is easier than 2x time is not quite the most precious resource it's actually our attention and where we put our attention so everyone's putting our attention towards this conversation right now so how can we make this the best use of our attention and that says she submitted a question so cool paul or someone you see the question that annette submitted yeah i'm asking tracy to send it over right now there should be a couple in there cool so looking forward to this and we'll 
absolutely get to your question, Annette. And for everyone still coming in, I see we've got a lot more people who are arriving late. Where's your hall pass that you were tardy? Glad you're here. And what would be the ideal outcome for you during this book club meeting? What will make this a success for you? We're here for you. We're here to serve you. So what would be a good use of your time when it's accomplished? Please put that in the comments. This is for you. This is your time and we'd like to hear it. So I see one from Annette. How do you eliminate toxic people, family from your life in a loving way? I'm at the crossroads. I love to hear that discussion. Let's talk about that right now. You choose your peer group, but you can't choose your family. Our family members are our family members. Our peer group is our peer group. And it actually brings up a good point in this book. And I have it highlighted in my notes. Everyone probably is aware by now, but for every book I read, I take notes in it. So I have a page and a half of notes from the book. And one of the things that I have as a bullet point is who are my peers? What are their attitudes and their mindsets? Are they loving and supportive or are they bringing me down? And I can tell from Annette, the way you phrased eliminate toxic people from your life. I'll tell you how it's worked for me. And then you can decide if this is applicable to you or not. How it's worked for me is I don't invest time with them. I phase them out. I fade them to black in my life. And the less I engage with them, the less that they engage with me. I think the first step is what you've accomplished. And that's that you've identified that some people need to be removed from your life. And that's good because a lot of people go through life with not being intentional about who they spend time with. And then they fall into a peer group that isn't supportive and loving. And then there are some negative consequences that come up from that. We absolutely are a product of our peer group. And so by you being intentional, that says a lot about who you are and your professional and personal journey and development. So just don't spend time with them. At least that's what's worked for me. And as far as, as family goes, if they're toxic family members, I personally haven't come across that, but I would take that same approach. Simply just wouldn't spend as much time with them. I wouldn't engage with them as much. You can only do so much for other people. I'll speak for myself. Ultimately, I've got to develop myself as well as I possibly can. I'm reading a book, The Road to Character, right now, and it talks about how we have our resume virtues and our eulogy virtues. The resume virtues, things that people would see on our resume, our skill sets, our eulogy virtues, things that people would talk about during our eulogy at our funeral. And ultimately, if we focus on ourselves, focusing on developing the eulogy virtues, the virtues that really matter in this life, then we'll attract others in our peer group who have that same type of approach. So that's what I would say to that. What a heavy first question in that. Why wouldn't it like, how do we do better time management or something? Jeez, way to get the party started with something heavy. But I respect your question and I'm glad that you kicked things off and looking forward to some other engagement too. So thanks for asking that question. Yeah, no fluff, Joe, right off the bat. Yeah, that's right. So let's dial it back then and let's get into that page of notes that you have and tell me if there was one thing that stood out to you. Like obviously that was one for Annette. What stands out to you as the biggest takeaway from this book for you? Oh, biggest takeaway from this book. 
if I have to answer that question as you are asking it, that means I can only give one thing, which I have four, but I'll give one thing to answer your question directly. I would say perspective. And I can tell you what helps me anytime I'm going through something challenging is to go volunteer. Yet my goal is to volunteer 10 hours a month. And I do it in multiple ways from volunteering for hospice and meeting with patients, which I went to the facility yesterday and met with a patient, to volunteering for my daughter's soccer team. And also the third way that I do it is, actually I do it four ways, picking up trash on our family walks and then also mentoring for free someone locally at once a quarter. I just started that this quarter. So I volunteer in four ways and my goal is to do it 10 hours a month. And what that allows me to have is the perspective of other individuals on earth so that I continually reinforce that I am not at the center of this universe. I am one component in this big old picture of life as we know it. And I am here to do the best I can and help others along the way as well as I can. And in the book, the author gives the example that I thought was pretty helpful to illustrate this. He says, take a moment and look back at how far you've traveled. And he says, the person who has a beat up car, they want a new car. But the person with no car who's walking on the street, they just want that beat up car. And then the person who's sick in the hospital, they just want to be able to get out of the hospital bed and walk. And the person in the hospital who's still seriously ill, they just want to go home and sleep in their own bed. No matter how challenging it is for each of us, and we're all dealing with challenges, every one of us are dealing with challenges. No matter how challenging it is, it's been helpful for me if I maintain that perspective and not only maintain that perspective of, yeah, I'm dealing with this, but holy cow, I'm so grateful I have a vehicle that takes me from point A to point B that works or that I have legs that I can use to go from point A to point B or that I'm not in a hospital bed. It's so helpful to have that perspective, but then also to experience the perspective through volunteering and helping others. Because it's one thing to intellectually know and be grateful for stuff, but it's another to actually experience it. So the main takeaway, I have multiple, but the main one would be to keep that perspective through not only intellectually from a mindset standpoint, but also I'll take a step further and experience that perspective through volunteering in whatever way that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting, Joe. Obviously, you mentioned gratitude, and I think gratitude is important in anything that we do in life, obviously. But I highlighted that same passage, and I highlighted it for a different reason. And one of the things that I wrote was that comparison is the thief of joy. Whether you're comparing yourself to somebody who's further ahead than you in your business or someone who has a better body, whatever it is, you can use those things as motivation, but you could also dwell on those and ask yourself, why am I not there? And that's when gratitude is absent. And that's when you start to struggle. And honestly, that's when people give up because they feel so far away from this goal that they see and they see this other person manifesting it. So that's one of the biggest thing that I saw because when you think about the people who don't have the car or in the hospital bed, 
I think about the fact that we all came from nowhere at some point. We've all been at some bottom at some point where we had to start from. It may be different for all of us. But the quote that stood out to me was one from, I don't know if anybody in here follows Stoic philosophy at all, but a quote from Seneca where he talked about setting aside a certain number of days during which you can be content with the scantiest and cheapest fare of coarse and rough dress and say to yourself, is this the condition that I feared? So when we think about what we're trying to accomplish and what it's going to look like if we fail, because that fear of failure keeps so many of us from even starting, let alone making progress. It's like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Are you going to end up back where you started? How bad was it really when you started? Yeah, that's absolutely powerful. I think Jordan Peterson says something like, name the monster, call that monster out. What is that worst case scenario? But speak it. Because when you speak it, and in that example with Seneca, it's experiencing it. So again, it's not only just the mental recognizing of it, but it's actually also experiencing it. Then it's like, okay, what else you got? Let's just keep powering through this thing. Let's keep taking steps forward. And it's a very empowering perspective and mindset to have because fear is paralyzing and there's all sorts of bad things about that. So if we move past that and we experience what is the worst thing, and then we can proceed. And that's actually the first bullet point I wrote in this book that I took a note on. It says, not making a decision is the worst possible decision you can make in order to move beyond an obstacle. The key is to do something. And when we haven't named the monster and we haven't experienced, okay, yeah, well, that would suck, but I've been there before or other people have been there and they've come back from it. So what else you got, world? Let's keep rolling. I'm going to power through this. So I like that a lot. It's funny because the author had a great line at the end where he was talking about action. And he said that even the person who gets the cheapest wealth and wins the lottery still had to get off their butt and buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, it's true. They had to get up to the store they and gamble. Something. <laughs> yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I was up here in Orlando at the Jake and Gino conference and they had a really great speaker by the name of Chad Wright. He's another one of these former special ops Navy SEAL guys. And now he's a David Goggins type who's an ultra marathon runner and he runs these 100 mile races. He's an animal. And he said something that has stuck with me ever since. And he said that when he's running a 100 mile race, the growth comes in the last 10 miles. He runs the first 90 so he can get to the growth. <laughs> So when you think about not starting or having that fear of getting started and taking action, that's 89 steps past taking action. So to think that it's going to happen quickly and to think that there's going to be no process behind that to get to that reward, you're just kidding yourself. I always tell myself on my 100 mile runs I have every morning, the growth happens at mile 90. So me and David are totally kindred spirits in that regard. But it reminds me of when Tony Robbins, yeah, I've listened to every Tony Robbins thing there is. And one thing he talked about, he was interviewing a power lifter and the power lifter said, when do you get the most growth when you do 10 reps? And Tony's like, uh, rep 10. The guy's like, no, no, rep 11. <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah, that's right. That's the mindset. Similar comments. That's the very end whether it's the 10th or whether it's one more past that, that's when you get the biggest growth. Jonathan Hayek also chimed in beforehand and he mentioned that he likes these kinds of books that are written by former military because they're just to the point, yeah. no nonsense, just here's how to do it, now go do it and stop wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. um, but he highlighted one allegory that I thought was really interesting as well and it was the crabs in a bucket. Do you remember that one, Joe? No, 
it was the idea that if you have one crab in a bucket, that crab can climb out of the bucket. If you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, they'll climb on top of each other and they'll hold each other down and they won't be able to get out of the bucket. Mm. So that goes right back to the core of your conversation you have with Annette at the beginning about the people that you surround yourself with and the power of teamwork, all those sort of cliches, I guess, right? Yep. And Jonathan, hi. Jonathan interviewed me at Osh Patel's Invest Beyond Multifamily conference a couple weeks ago. So it's good to hear from you, my friend. What else stands out to you, Joe? I know yeah, you got a page in yeah, this. So I, a couple I things. had you beholden to right, one, but um, we'll get back to the show. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital's never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, Visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. Are you a real estate investor struggling to streamline your property management? Are you tired of juggling multiple systems to effectively manage your portfolio? Meet Rentech Direct, your ultimate solution for automating management tasks, reducing errors, and most importantly, saving you time. Rentech Direct offers an all-in-one platform for accounting, marketing, tenant screening, rent collection, and much more. And the best part? You're never alone. With U.S.-based live support and award-winning customer service, Rentec Direct is the partner you need to streamline your property management so you can focus on what's most important, growing your business and getting more deals done. If you're an investor looking to grow your portfolio, join the more than 15,000 investors and landlords who manage real estate assets totaling more than $200 billion using Rentec Direct. Just go to rentechdirect.com forward slash best ever and sign up for a free trial. Plans start at just $45 a month and you'll receive 20% off your first year just for being a best ever listener. That's R-E-N-T-E-C direct.com forward slash best ever for 20% off. The next thing I'd say that stands out is there are four concepts. I'll start with that high level perspective, integrity, specialization, and surrounding ourselves with the right people. So those are the four concepts. I think Steve might've had a question or someone had a question like what are the three to five takeaways? So those are the four concepts. I already talked about perspective. I won't get into that again. He talks a lot about integrity. I don't think he calls it integrity, but one thing that he mentions is making the right choices may leave us all alone for a while with a long road ahead, but making the right or hard decision always pays off in the end. And I don't remember the story he he told about this, but it was a good one. Something about he went with some friends right now. I read the book four months ago, so I'm probably entering into make-believe territory, but I think they robbed a store. His friends robbed a store. He was in a car and then he didn't know that that was taking place. And then he ran away from the cops or something. Anyway, somehow he did the right thing in that scenario. I don't remember. (laughs) It got tied back to it, but he made a hard choice. It was the right choice. 
and he was alone. He had to walk down this long road by himself, so it was quite literal. But certainly that is something that holds true for business and life. The hard conversations and the hard choices are just that. They're hard. And I've mentioned before that my favorite book of all time is The Road Less Traveled. And the first sentence in that book is, life is difficult. And once we understand that, we can transcend that and make it work for us by going through the difficult things head on. And as Matthew McConaughey talks about, don't leave crumbs. When you go through these challenges, yeah, it's going to suck and it's going to be challenging, but we're not going to look over our shoulder afterward because we know that we dealt with these challenges in the right way and with integrity. And in the moment, that can be really hard, but ultimately everybody will be better off for it. So that's a concept that I find necessary to exercise and to employ. So that's the second thing that comes to mind. I'll pause there, the integrity piece. Yeah, it's interesting, Joe, because you talk about just getting involved in, to spin this back to real estate, when you talk about just getting involved in real estate in the first place and becoming an investor and being able to enjoy the freedom of time that it eventually affords you, so many people are afraid to make that leap. And one of the reasons is because it's not easy. It's really uncomfortable and there's a lot of challenges and that's a lot to sign up for. And I think it goes back to that whole idea of not doing something that you love, but would you rather fail doing something you hate and working for somebody else? Right. Or would you rather fail doing something that you love and chasing something real for yourself? Bet on yourself. And it's, yeah, bet on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. That, this book talks a lot about that too. Yep. And that's the third thing, specialization. So if one perspective, two integrity, three is specialization. He says, special forces, each team member has a primary function. They weren't the biggest or the fastest. They had the biggest heart, strongest, never quit attitude and positive mindset. But each special forces team member has a primary function. So I thought, yes, we got to double down, triple down on our unique skill sets. And that is reinforcement for how to be successful in business because I've seen it firsthand. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on that. But that's just reinforcement of that concept. And then the fourth is, as we were talking about earlier, surround yourself with the right people. I mentioned earlier, but I'll say it again. He asked the question, who are my peers? What are their attitudes and their mindsets? Are they loving and supportive or are they bringing me down? These are questions that we could all easily listen to and then move on with something else in our life. Or these are questions that we can write down and then list out the people we spend the most amount of our time with and then do an assessment of are they loving, are they empowering, or do they help build me up or do they bring me down? And then make a conscious effort similar to what Annette's doing, guns up by the way, I saw that, and be selective on who we bring in our lives and who we don't. A lot of people aren't that intentional, but a lot of people aren't people who are, is everyone on this call? The people in this audience who's participating in this conversation, most people wouldn't do this. Most people are on Facebook or most people are on Instagram or whatever social media flavor of the day is. They're not trying to improve themselves. So I respect everyone on this call f for that reason. And that is an exercise that 
I recommend doing so that we're intentional about our peer group. Masterminds are a great way to be brought into a peer group that's cultivated already. Or if you don't have one, create one. I'm working with someone. He's getting into construction or he has been in construction, but he's wanting to focus more on that. And I suggested build your own mastermind around other general contractors and then share learnings and grow together. Because I've seen firsthand that work for a lot of different types of businesses and, and professions. So that would be another takeaway from this. Whatever we're focused on, if we're not in a mastermind as it relates to that specific thing, create one or join one. That would be a great action step. Yeah. And Joe, I know we got to wrap up here in a few minutes, but another sort of actionable step that the author mentioned is to do a daily debrief and look back at your day and say, what did I do well today? What did I accomplish today? Where did I fall short and why? And really be critical of yourself and say, maybe I could have put in some more work today. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I crushed it today. That's going to happen too. Maybe you're going to have a killer day, but you can always find an opportunity for growth or an opportunity to say, mm, maybe that wasn't the right choice. And that doesn't mean that you're knocking yourself down every day. It's just that you're constantly highlighting your progress or lack thereof. So you can spot those trends. What people ask me what the biggest thing that I've done that's had the biggest impact on my life and on my work. And I always say that it's journaling, not just in the morning, every morning, but also journaling at the end of the day and going back and reading what I wrote last week. So every morning I write in my journal and I also read what I wrote that same day last week. So that way, if I go two, three, four weeks and I see myself talking about the same things, that's a problem that I'm not addressing or that I haven't put enough time into thinking about and deconstructing the same way that you just mentioned. And so then I'll make it a point to say, let's sit down and meditate on this and spend some time here and figure out why this is a recurring theme in my life over this past month. And then I can come to some kind of resolution. Wow, that's powerful. You be able to self-reflect and read the words that you wrote to yourself about what you were experiencing at that moment weeks ago and then see if there's anything that comes to the surface that's really powerful. I also do a, a daily journal and have since June of 2015. So I respect that. Yeah. Steven says that he thinks also that planning the day the night before yeah. uh, with different action items is a great way. And it goes to decision fatigue as well. When you first wake up in the morning, I'm not saying we all need to walk around in jeans and black t-shirts like Steve Jobs, but it takes that off your plate in the morning so you can get right to work instead of trying to figure out what you're going to do. One simple thing that's been really helpful is either plan it in the morning with two or three outcomes and then everything else is icing on the cake or before you leave for the day for the next day or even that morning of what are the two to three things that when I accomplish these things, I can highlight them or check them off. And then everything else is above and beyond. It's a good feeling to do. Now, I have one more quick thing that I want to mention just because it's something that really related to something that I've done over the past few weeks that's had a big impact. But I'll also give this time to anybody who wants to drop another comment in here or ask another question before we break this off. Please drop it in the comments and Joe and I will address it before we take off. But he talked about using time as an asset. And it goes back to that idea that we're not busy. We just don't manage our time properly, right? So I bought this little clock and I keep it here on my desk and I started to time out the small tasks that I do on a daily basis, like sending follow-up emails. So sending one follow-up email takes me about three times as long as I thought that it did. 
and sort of taking inventory of my day and saying these things that I thought only took me 20 minutes are taking me 30 and 40 minutes. That means one of two things. Either that's something that I have to delegate or that's something that I need to budget more time for and refine the process on. Because when I make that schedule the night before and I say, these are my time boxes that I'm allowing for these tasks, time boxing or planning or a to-do list, it doesn't do anything if you're unrealistic about how much time that's going to take. You're going to be perpetually behind, which is how I've felt for a long time. So just this little $5 clock that I bought on Amazon gave me so much perspective in terms of how I'm using my time or in a lot of cases, not using my time efficiently. Mm -hmm. I love that. You can see behind me, my 90th birthday clock, 17,861 days to go, 11 hours, 15 minutes and zero seconds. So I take this, the same approach, not as granular as you. I like that a lot. Because that will lead into helping out on the bigger picture, how granular you're doing that. Pretty cool. Thank you, Joe. And it looks like the last thought here from Steve says that one area that really resonated with Steve was the concept of trusting your gut. That's always served me well. He says, every mistake I've made, for example, in business was by trusting the wrong people. And often I had a gut feeling that was telling me to be careful and I ignored it or disregarded it. Yep. I like that. Makes sense. And thank you, Steve, for reminding me what that story was where he did not get in the car. He ran the other way and didn't get busted like everyone else in the car. He walked home all night, something like that. Yeah. You have a better memory than I do. Thanks for reminding me of that story. Great. Well, I think it's time to wrap up. Joe, obviously, as always, thank you for your perspective and for joining us today to talk about this book. Thank you to everybody also who came in and participated or just hung around and watched and listened. We obviously appreciate you for being here and we respect you for being here and taking the steps to educate yourself and get better and continue to grow. That's a, a huge step that a lot of people aren't taking. So congratulations for being here and taking the initiative and doing that. Last call, if you're on LinkedIn, make sure you click on the link in the comments and you can join the book club so that next time we do this in November, you can come in, be involved in the conversation with myself and Joe. And until next time, have a happy and safe Halloween, whatever you guys are doing and wherever you're doing it, and have a best ever week. Thanks, everyone. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.